All right, this uh, morning, I just want to um, go over what I was sharing on the last um, day of Wafbeck, and it deals with the tabernacle of David. And I will start out from um, the book of Numbers and chapter 17. Numbers 17 and verse 1. All right, now the background to this, before I put up the scripture, the background to this is that uh, um, Korah, Datam, and a group of people had rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And what they were essentially saying was that Moses and Aaron just glorified themselves, uh, you know, that we are all brethren together, and they just assumed a position of authority and assumed a position of leadership over the entire nation of Israel. So people began to whisper, and they spread that rebellion among people. And so what happened was, Moses therefore called them and said that they were going to see something happen that they had never seen before, and that the judgment of God was going to fall upon them, that this will show them that he didn't do what he was doing, and it wasn't off their own mind. It wasn't just an idea or a brilliant idea. This is something that God himself sent us to do. And so what happened was the earth opened up and swallowed up the house of Koram, Datam, and Abiram. Now, but that didn't solve the problem. Uh, the people still now went further into rebellion and said, or it manifested in a different way, and they said, well, since you have killed, uh, you know, all the people, do you want to kill all of us again? And they began to call Moses and Aaron murderers. So God, intending to settle the matter once and for all, now told them to come to Numbers 17 and verse 1. Now, in David's tabernacle, which is uh, literally just the secret place of the Most High, uh, there were certain elements that were there. And one of the elements uh, we saw in scripture is what is called Aaron's rod that bought it. In other words, when you get into the secret place of the Most High, right, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You come in contact with the living God. And what happens is life is actually imparted. So in Numbers 17, verse 1, if you put it up, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod, and thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, 
Alright? Every one of the princes gave a rod apiece for each prince one, according to their father's houses. Twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass the next day that when Moses went into the tabernacle, behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was boarded and brought forth birds, bloom blossoms, and yielded almonds. So in 24 hours, when they brought out the rods of every single person or the branch of every single family, you held up Aaron's branch and you saw flowers, you saw leaves, you saw flowers, and you saw almonds. And there was no connection. So it was hanging in the air, but it was, it was, it was, it had leaves, it had flowers, as though it was connected to the ground, and it would take at least a year for those things to evolve. It happened in 24 hours. And when they saw that, murmuring among the people ceased. Now, so how does that affect us? In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 4, uh, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews speaking, Hebrews 5 and verse 4, no man taketh this honor unto himself, but, that, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. In other words, you don't take honor to yourself. Uh, you know when you take, when people want to take honor to themselves, is what it says at the beginning when Satan said, I will be like the Most High. He, he wanted to take honor that didn't belong to him, to himself, and exalt himself into that position. Now it says, no man taketh this honor unto himself, except he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself, so Jesus also then glorified himself to be made an high priest. But how did it come? He that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. In other words, Jesus also then just glorified himself. But Jesus, God spoke to him and said, this is my son, all right, uh, my, put it back, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So the question you want to ask yourself, therefore, is this, right? How do I get my own rod, all right, to board in life? Because we said that all rods were placed in the presence of God, but only one rod boarded. So how then does it work for you as an individual, all right, in your own life. Now, let's look at Hebrews 5, 4 and 5 again. It says, No man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God. All right, then put up Ephesians chapter 1, all right, verse 17. That the God, Father of our Lord Jesus, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. Next verse. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So, 
Paul was praying for them that every single person will know what is the hope of God's call upon their life. In other words, what, what does he want to do through you as a person? Uh, because that's the starting point. It's not about, you know, my own, my own um, and, and without understanding this. Because the first thing is, God wants to reveal things to you. And then when he reveals it to you, he says, now with that, come into my presence. And when you come into my presence with that, then your rod is going to bud and it will blossom. And you begin to bring forth fruit because you have entered into my presence with what I have revealed unto you as a person. So it is very, very important. And I think this was one of the uh, foundational teachings during this Wavbeck that, listen, it's about. When the Bible says, this is what Joshua was saying here. When he says, don't pray like the heathen do, all right, your father knows what you have need of before you ask him. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about. In other words, when you are in that situation, you go up to God and ask him. Now, those things around you are, are only trying to tell you that, you know, God wants you to be in alignment with him on something. That God knows what you have need of. But all these things you see around, uh, you know, the Bible says, acquaint thyself with him and be at peace, so shall good come unto thee. So it says, first of all, acquaint yourself with God. Go up to God in prayer. God is not, all right, the type of person or God's relationship with us is not a transactional thing. It's not that, well, this is what happens when I have my own personal things I want on this earth. I will go up to God in prayer based on it. And then I will promise him that I will praise him, all right, if he does that. In, in, in other words, I'm using you, God, to advance my own self upon this earth. Let me read to you. It was very powerful, but I'll just read a section to you. A, a gentleman, all right, sent me this. I'm just reading to you here. He now said this after um, Wavek. He said, I want to first of all apologize. You taught me well at this Wavek 2021, and I apologize for my errors. He said, instead of going to the tabernacle of God to see what God has for me, I have been reaching out based on my own vision, trying to use you for marketing gimmicks. So the individual said, all the way I was relating with you and asking you to do certain things, I, don't, I, I can't even remember who he is, but he said it was simple marketing gimmicks. I was trying to, in other words, the relationship I was building with you was actually strategic, as far as was concerned, as a marketing strategy for him. So what he wanted, I'm deeply sorry, I apologize. I asked you then to help me forward my book, all right, and I overreached. In other words, I think he wanted me to, I can't remember that, but he wanted me to forward the book and all of that. But you look at somebody and you say, okay, so what can I gain from this person? Now you come with all the, um, how are you, great man of God, but everything is, is, is motivated by your desire to use this person to accomplish something. He said, now I have understood, and that's what Paul was saying. 
we have renounced. He says, seeing that we have this ministry, we faint not. But we have renounced hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. What ministry was he talking about? If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, all right? And this will solve a lot of people's problems once they understand this. For we are with an open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Next verse, uh, that. Therefore, seeing that we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves in the sight, all right, to every man's conscience, in the sight of God. In other words, he said, I have discovered, Paul, that with an open face, I go into the presence of God. I behold the face of God. I will be changed into the very image of that which I am beholding, even by the Spirit of God. If that is how all transformation, growth, and increase comes into my life, he said, then, I've, then I don't need to use any underhanded method. I don't need it to start behaving like, and that's what's going on, start behaving like a, you know, some smart person and all of that. And the truth about the matter is, there's a real truth. The people that will attack you the most are not people you offend, but people who wanted to use you for something that they didn't get you to do. Now, I've seen this. In other words, people feel that, all right, if I do one, two, three, four, five, and you've got to understand this. If I do one, two, three, four, five, six, some can even do that and say, ah, if I'm very committed, I'm running around and doing all of that. Let me give an example now. Then they say they want to appoint leaders and you are not called. And then you get disappointed. Now, legitimately, you can go and meet people and say, look at all the running around I did. And people say, yeah, but running around doesn't mean you are called to something. All right? And you shouldn't be disappointed, except you are using running around to try to elevate yourself. Are you following saying that? You should be running around because God showed you that that's what he wants to do through you and what happens in your own life. And this is exactly what happens. If you are doing it from your heart as unto the Lord, even if men don't recognize you, God will open up a door for you somewhere. Because he asked you to do those things he told you to do. The way the system of God works is that no man takes honor to himself. So how does it work for you? It says, even Jesus, he did not glorify himself to be made a high priest. God spoke to him and said, this day have I begotten thee. So, Second Peter here, chapter 1 and verse 16. Now, this is what he says. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. How? When there came such a voice from excellent glory, 
This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, Jesus, remember we are saying, no man takes this honor to himself. Jesus received honor when God said to him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So it was God's word that transferred honor to Jesus. This voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him on the Holy Mount. We also now have a more sure word of prophecy. So it says you want to receive honor and glory from the Father. You want to be honored by the Father in your own life. You want to see God's honor. You want to see God's glory in your own life. Then it says there is a more sure word of prophecy. You do well that you take heed as a light that shines in a dark place. So you're in a dark place, you go to God. And he says his word will shine forth as light until the day dawns and the day star rises in your heart. Knowing this force that no prophecy of scripture. So when he says you have a more sure word of prophecy, he's talking about, all right, prophecies that are contained in scripture. So when you are in a situation or about your own life and you go to God in prayer and you open up your heart unto him, the Lord, I am asking you for your light in this particular situation. Now this is going to lead you to a place of high honor shortly. But you made a decision. The decision that you made that few people make is that the decision most people make is that they decide on what they want. They insist and keep praying it and saying, God, you know, you might just have to do this for me. God, you just have to do this for me. God, you just have to do it. Now, God says, listen, you come up to me and ask me to cause my light to shine into that situation. Now, there's darkness there. Ask for my light. And then a more sure word of prophecy, you'll get it. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is a private interpretation. In other words, you can't take the word of God and make it say what you want it to say. It says, verse 21 here, it says, For prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit now comes and begins to move. As you offer up that prayer, and then it shows you relevant scriptures that fit your situation, that tell you what God intends to do in that particular situation. That is the starting point. Now, once you see that, the face, God has opened his face unto you. In other words, with an open face, which means you now have, when Paul said, with an open face we behold, he was saying, with God dis having disclosed his intent towards, having revealed what he wanted to do, having shown us what he intends to do. Now we have it now. God has revealed himself now. With that open face now, we can now behold. That beholding is, you are now into a place of worship. Now, as an individual, you take that into a place of worship, and you start worshiping God, and you start praising him, and God says, now, you don't even have to mention it to anybody. You don't have to try to get anybody you know, to, to try to act towards you or put anybody under pressure, you know, or begin to hang around somebody, all right, to say that you, you don't have to, okay? 
right? You take it to him in worship, and as you begin to worship God, and worship God, and worship God, then from the presence of God, things now begin to happen. The Aaron's rod, or your rod now, starts to board, which means people will just begin on the outside to start seeing significant changes that are going on in your life. All right? They will just begin to see uh, a level of fruitfulness start coming out of your life. Uh, and when they look at it, just like Aaron's rod that bought it, they won't be able to trace it to anything, all right, on this earth, any support structure. Uh, they just, the diversity of the blessing, uh, the, the, the level of the blessing there, but it comes as a result. I mean, that's what God told Mary. Mary said, how is this thing going to be seen? I know no man. Uh, they said, well, there will be a performance of that which was spoken unto you by the Lord. If the Lord didn't tell you, then there is no commitment that God will perform. But once he has told you, all right, and what he tells you is not transferable to another human being, now take that. He says, come into my presence, Mary, and begin to worship me with that word. All right, take what I've revealed to you, enter into my presence, and begin, all right, to go into personal worship, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart as unto the Lord. And as you start doing that, then uh, things now begin to blossom and to board. And things, all right, will begin, right, to happen within your life. So even if uh, um, 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 God even reveals to you that, that somebody is supposed to act towards you in a certain way, let's even say God revealed that to you, all right? You just go into the presence of God and, and test it to see, all right, and to see that. That's why Paul said, look, we've renounced hidden things. We, we, won't, we won't use any underhanded method. We will take the revelation of God. We will go into the presence of God in worship. We will sing praises unto him. We will give him thanks for it. And then things will now begin to evolve there in that particular situation. What you do there is that what God reveals to you, take it into the presence of God and worship God. And then what God has planned for you now begins to evolve. And what happens, therefore, is nobody is put under pressure because of you, right? But your fruitfulness is a blessing to people. Let me close with this. And what, what Paul was saying here. Psalm 40 from verse 1 to 3. Remember, Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he said, upon this rock, of my father's revelation to a man, would I build my church. Now that's how the church is being built. How is a church or God's people built? God said, uh, Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my father who is in heaven. Upon this rock of this revelation, Will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? So Psalm 40 here, and verse 1. said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And that's what people should spend time doing, waiting on God there patiently. Right? Just take out time and say, I'm going to wait on you, God. I'll, I'll, be, I'll wait on you. 
and I'll be patient and I'll wait on you. And he says, he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the merry clay, and then set my foot upon a rock. What, what that meant was that he revealed something to me. And all the disturbance and anxiety ceased because he placed my feet on a rock and established my, go my goings. Then he put a new song in my mouth. So after revelation, then I now began to sing, is what Paul was, um, David was saying. And this is the whole revelation of his tabernacle here. That an individual, right, is confronted with a situation. He runs to God or she runs to God and waits patiently for God to reveal his heart on that subject matter. Once the revelation comes, it's over. That is what God will do. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light. The term Father of light is comes from above, comes from the Father, who gives it in the form of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, once he has revealed something to you, he says he's not going to change it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.